It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. The Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway is in the books. One of the more incredible races we've seen with the next-gen car. Uh, An amazing day, a wild time, fights, drama, laughter, smiling like psychopaths. All types of things went down on this day. F1 really shit the bed uh, post-race. Some stuff coming up on Twitter. We're going to talk all about that. We're going we're gonna to dive into it. And then, of course, we have some early leans for the Goodyear 400. This is going to be a good show. Uh, Dale and I were on playback, playback.tv slash garage, guys. Had to plug it. Uh, we were on playback watching the events of the race, just watched the end of the race, watched the fight that happened, and I remember just looking at him and saying, I cannot wait to talk about this, and we are here. Dale, uh, greatest race of the year, 2023, debatable? No, not debatable. 100%, uh, just start to finish, top to bottom. It was a, a phenomenal race. Drama all over. Usually, like, we start getting, like, the, the drama, and I think NBC's coverage helps with that, right? Like, we get the drama during the playoffs or, like, right around the playoffs. Fox is, I feel like we don't get a lot of pandemonium in the early parts of the season outside of the super speedways. Now I will say Darlington last year was kind of chaotic with Byron and Logano. That was, that was a dramatic move, but for a mile and a half race like Kansas, we knew and and predicted the racing would be good, but for everything else to come with it, it, it was amazing. And honestly, I just can't believe like we were so worried about this package talking arrow, like really worried about this package after Fontana, after Vegas. Uh, but the ability for guys to be able to come back and pass for the lead over and over again was amazing. Absolutely amazing. But just drama from start to finish battling for the lead at the beginning, battling for the lead at the end, all seemingly involving Kyle Larson. And then, Obviously, everything that happened with Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Noah Gragson, it was just top to bottom, a phenomenal race. And something that NASCAR really, really needed when it comes to the market uh, of Sunday's events with going head to head against Formula One, massive event in Miami. I'm sure it was an amazing event to attend, but the quality of racing was pathetic, absolutely awful. Uh, typical Netflix. Actually, no, not typical Netflix. I feel like there's there's been some Netflix that's been pretty good this year, a couple times. But of course, Red Bull wins Netflix. again. You watch it. it. It's yes. the typical Netflix with Red Bull winning every single race of 2023. But this Netflix was in particular horrible to watch. I mean, and I watched it, and it was just abysmal. So for NASCAR to put on a show like this against a big time event in the United States for formula one was huge, was, was massive needed. It had to happen. And I'm just so thrilled at everything that happened on Sunday. Uh, it was, it was spectacular. It'd been a while, man. And and I, I know for myself, I'm always, I think I did a video about it uh, about a month ago or so talking about how everybody's just wanting to talk, man. Nobody, nobody wants any action. And we finally got the action I always like to do what's the um, the 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 scene from Superbad. The dude just praying for a fight. That's, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. No, I've literally, I literally prayed for a fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, I. It's yeah, classic, classic. Yeah, and we got it. We we it was funny though because we were talking about it on uh, playback, and, and when Chastain and Kyle Busch were like getting into it, I said this has to be the day that like Ross Chastain gets in a fight. Like today has to be the day, and I feel like. We channeled that energy. It was good, but um, you know, as great as the rate, uh, as great as the race was, as great as the fight was, as great as Denny Hamlin's finish with Kyle Larson right up there to the end was, uh, it, it's there was so much greatness that I forgot that like I lost all my bets. I lost all of them. They Deuce. all went to the shit house somebody tweeted man all right my twitter's my twitter's been crazy recently but somebody tweeted something like nascar is the only sport i can lose like he's I don't, he didn't say this but this is what i like to say so i'm gonna 
add my, you know, paraphrasing, I'm going to add my lingo to it. I know this tweet. This, this guy, yeah, he was like, NASCAR is the only sport I've ever bet on where I can lose like my fucking 401k and still be happy about what happened with yeah. the race itself. And that spoke to me. It definitely spoke to you because you had that bad day that we all have where you right. just nothing goes right. Um, I was able to survive because of a Bovada fuck up. Shout out to everybody that got in with me at the Bovada. Tyler Reddick, three, uh, plus 330 top 10. I like, you know, I, I think there were a lot of people that got in. They did not change it in time. But uh, early in the morning on Sunday, we we found that mistake and tried to spread the word on it. But everybody has that fucking miserable day. And it seems like this is the one sport to when you do have that miserable day you can still be impressed and excited and have a great time enjoying this sport. Right. Like, and yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that because I'm a degenerate sports better, man. Like if I'm watching the NFL, which I love the NFL, it's number two sport to me. If I'm watching the NFL or, or NBA basketball or college football and I, and I, and my bets aren't going well, I'm having an awful time immediately. Right. I'm having a fucking terrible time, but with, with NASCAR, I just don't ever feel that way, ever. Yeah. No, and that's that's the beauty of it, right? Like, that's what I think attracted me so much to doing DFS and betting on this sport is because even when I had the bad DFS days before betting, uh, you know, was legal in Louisiana, like, and before I really got into betting, I was still just like, that was great. It's just like, it's addictive. And it's the sport itself. It, it really triumphs, like, the day almost. But there's nothing like a, a great hit on a race. And what's funny is, is going back to it. Um, I, you know, I told, I told that guy in that tweet, I, I, I quote tweeted it or whatever. And I said, uh, I said, you don't really realize it until you're eating ramen noodles on Thursday, but then you smile and you, you eat those ramen noodles just because you remember all the great things that happened. And so, yeah, big ramen noodle week, but it, it's, it sucks. Cause I did the DFS space and I talked about Denny and it's like, I was talking myself into a narrative that I didn't even see coming earlier in the week. And like, and I hate it when that happens. Cause like I'll have, uh, I'll have kind of like my mind made up early in the week. Right. Like if, if I think that it's going to be a narrative week and really you can say every week is a narrative week. But um, the thing for me is like, if I miss something, like I remember a couple years ago, the first dirt race, like fireball Roberts uh, won it, I think. And he was like one of the main dirt racers of all time. And he was in the 22 car and Joey Logano won. I'm like, shit, I missed that. Like I completely missed the fact that Denny Hamlin owns 2311. Why wouldn't he go and look back at the data, look back at what his drivers did and, you know, maybe watch some film and then go out there and execute, especially after talking you know, the, the the big game he's been talking since he started Action Detrimental. And and I was just, like, saying that to everybody, but trying to, like, believe in, like, my stance because I had five outrights, like an insane man. And um, that was pre-qualifying. And so I'm just kind of sitting here like, damn, I should have been on Denny. I should have been on Denny. But I didn't do it. I held strong yeah. principles. I think I kind of was a sucker for the lap averages. And it really, really convinced me on Truex. And I talked about that on the pod I recorded on Sunday morning was you got to, I think there is definitely some stock you can take on those lap averages. And there's some things that are misleading. But the one thing I, I thought was that Martin Truex Jr. had substantially less fall off than everybody in the field based off of what those averages showed us. So, and, and, to agree with you or I'm um, on your side also about the pre-practice pre-qualifying. Like I had some, you know, I had Reddick nine to one. He was really never a factor after the first 30 laps of the race. Uh, when it came to battling for the lead and battling for the win. But I had like Ryan Blaney up there. I, I, I should not have bet that, but I thought 20 to one, I was like, Oh shit. You know, Blaney's been kind of good everywhere, regardless of the past history. So, um, this is this was definitely a situation where the too many pre-practice bets kind of bit me because I definitely thought Denny would be up there. I definitely thought Denny would run top five. I just didn't want to take five to one after I already had sprinkled all these other bets and and basically filled up my car too fast, right? And I think that's yeah. that's part of it. That's just part of it sometimes. And it takes the uh, fun out of it. I mean, that for honestly, like you want to get a really good chunk of winning when you're betting on NASCAR, and so like. 
for me, if if I know I'm only going to make like a like one to two units, like the live bet with Martin Truex Jr. two weeks ago, like you know, yeah, it's it's always great to win, but like especially with live betting for me, I just feel like it could have been better. Uh, you know, well, you know, Denny, <laughs> I added live bets too. I added a live bet on Bubba and and Elliot, which I thought I got Elliot at a great price, as most people did. Um, and who knows if that race stays green after he takes the lead, who knows if they catch him? Cause he, during that run, he was faster than everybody and he was dialed in. But, you know, I, Denny Hamlin was the one guy that when I, as I was monitoring the live odds, just never faded under like three to one or four to one the whole day. He was three to one, four to one and everything I looked at and guys like Larson had the mistake early. He dropped to like 13 to one after he spun out. Uh, Chase Elliott, you could have grabbed at double digit odds. I think you could have grabbed Truex at six to one or seven to one. Bubba at ten to one, twelve to one. So that was another reason. Like I just felt like I've been riding Denny so much, and this is the one week I don't take him, and just never felt like I could have gotten a price that was worth it to me. And you know that's how it goes. But well, I know yeah. we feel bad, but like, how how do we think Kyle Larson betters? are feeling right now i know tony had tony. Kyle larson he completely exited the playback stream and 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 you got to feel bad man because it's like when you really look at the last two races kyle larson has been in position to win and he's been overtaken by the same car twice and now the boss of the team that has overtaken him like this is the third time it's happened like you for kyle larson and kyle larson betters that's that's a real dang dangy right there I, I would say I've talked about it a lot, man. Like outside of 2021, where he had the best car every single week, and I don't want to discredit him during that season. It was remarkable, right? And you gotta you gotta be talented to drive a good race car and win in a good race car. But outside of 2021, we've seen the Kyle Larson. He has some inability to close, right? And, and Kansas has been a great example. These mile and a halfs. While he's been involved in these phenomenal finishes, there's definitely been some inability to close. And we were talking about it down to the wire. Like you were talking about the pressure, man. Like you put Kyle Larson under pressure sometimes in these moments to go alongside with what was a pretty ill handling race car at the end of that race on edge up against the wall. He's probably going to have a slip up, you know, and, 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 you know, I've kind of changed my opinion of what I think about the contact with Denny from what I saw at the beginning. And I mean, I I've been, I watched it a hundred times, slow mode it, the contact with Denny Hamlin on the final lap. And I think definitely Denny's fault to some degree. Right. I definitely think it's his fault now. Yeah. And at first I didn't think that, but we'll, I, I, we'll get he into knew that. What next. He was doing. He knew what he was doing. That's what matters here. Like you, you know that if somebody doesn't have enough room and you're going to get that close to them in a situation like that, you know, that it's probably not going to end well for that guy. And then you just keep going and you get your dub. I mean, there's a lot of physics, aerodynamics that go into what happened there, but at the end of the day, it happened. And Denny is smart enough to know, probably what's going to happen in that situation i think if i i think if seattle i think if kyle larson runs a little bit lower line he doesn't lose that race but because he's so close to the wall he allows denny to get even closer and and as in denny's position he's got to be as close to him as possible so he makes sure he can try to get a side draft off the corner so the closer larson is to that wall the more of a chance you have contact because I think if, if Larson's running lower exiting two and Denny's drifting up, Denny's going to respect him and Denny will not just flat out door him coming off the corner, but because it was so close and Larson was also coming off the wall because he was so fucking loose. Denny was slightly drifting up. Larson was coming off the wall and then they met, but I think Denny's drift up was more at fault because Kyle Larson was was totally out of room and kind of had nowhere to go but to come down a little bit. Regardless, New I don't get it done. I, I I don't think it was dirty. I don't think it was dirty. Some people are saying he dumped him. No, it was I don't I don't see it that way. I see it as a race more of a racing incident. 
our buddy uh skybox skybox nascar on twitter and uh rory picks were debating and i'm guessing rory had a lot of money on larson like that's where this conversation just started is it is a terrible beat for the people that had a lot of money on kyle larson and i don't give a fuck because I had to experience my guys running first and second at Talladega, crashing each other in the last lap and losing all my money. So I have no sympathy. I have yeah. no sympathy. I've been you through this. You don't know what it's time. like to have Kyle Larson. You don't know what it's like to have Kyle Larson at Pocono when his tire blows out and Alex Bowman wins the race and you have three units on him to win. You don't know. 2019, or I'll never, or 2020, I had the house on AJ Allmendinger and Ross Chastain at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. They led the whole race together, and they crashed each other in turn four of the final lap, and I lost everything. You hear that? Like, I've been through pain. this. This is I've real. Been, I was going through this years ago, dude. Like, I think 2019 at Dover, man, 2019 or 2020 at Dover, I had Truex. This, and I was watching old Dover races, and this sparked my memory. I can't. It was one of those years. I had Truex, and he led the whole fucking race. And with like 20 to go, Denny Hamlin passed him. Yeah. And I remember throwing the remote. I was watching with my dad and I threw the remote. I was so fucking pissed off. And my dad was, of course, like, son, you're fucking 24 years old. Like, you got to get your shit together. Stop acting like a baby. Did you tell and me about like, the radio? I was like, no, dad. <laughs> no, I will never change. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So I've been going through these kind of bad beats and late race situations for at least three and a half pushing four years. Right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, with this, um, I don't think it was malicious on Denny Hamlin's part. I don't think he meant to tap him. I just think it was a racing incident. This is not any way at all close to Darlington 2022 with Logano and Byron where Logano just did not hit the break, refused to even try to pass William Byron and used William Byron's bumper as his brake pedal. These yeah. are not similar at all. And I've seen not just with Skybox and Rory talking about that, but I've seen other people on Twitter saying he dumped him. No, he fucking did not dump him. This is a racing incident where they just met 65% or I'll say 70% Denny's fault, 30% racing incident slash Kyle Larson's fault. I say I say no one's fault. I say dudes were playing chess. The The dude that had the better strategy won. And that's what happened here. And that's the only way it needs to be looked at because that's what it was. I, I, I do the intermediates and the battles that we have at the end, like this one, it's just still, like I can close my eyes and I can just see them coming to the line and I just see the moves that are being made. It's just showing the knowledge, man. It's just showing the brain of the driver, dude. And, and I love that. So I hope that continues. Hope that trend continues. You know what? Part, you, you probably can't think real good in F1 whenever you have to stand more than 30 minutes outside with your fire suit on. These guys, high temps, they know what's happening. They're using that brain. So shout out to NASCAR again, uh, you know, over F1. George Russell will be doing all of his driver intros via Zoom. I thought the – and I've, I, I feel like this is the consensus amongst fans – I love the driver and shows for 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 the Formula One event were fucking cool. Like I don't know, that's just my opinion. The drivers didn't. The drivers were not having a good time. Multiple yeah. came out and said it. So I'm like, dude, you don't realize NASCAR does this every week, and you're like, I think it was George Russell that said like, oh, no other sport has their drivers sitting in their fire suits or their gear like an hour ahead of time. Who the just fuck sitting are you, there. George Russell? Like, I'm like, dude. This is NASCAR 38 times a year. Are you kidding me? Like, this this is weekly where, where, where NASCAR drivers do this and teams do this. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know. It just it showed his superior knowledge. I saw where you had quote tweeted uh Chad Ochocinco. I had to I had to hit it with that too, man. It's always good to see someone like like Chad Johnson, the legend, child please. It's always good to see. That guy tweets something like NASCAR over F1. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Big thing. That dude loves the fuck out of McDonald's, dude. Ocho versus science. But and that's that's a thing that that's makes it even crazier though, because I think like the quality of the race was amazing. The last lap pass was amazing. The wreck on the final lap, amazing. Everything about the race was amazing. But I don't think it gets half the attention. Shit, maybe 
75% of the attention that it got unless that fight happens after the race. When yes. you start seeing when, – when you see more of it on Barstool, you see more of it on Bleacher Report and Pat McAfee, it's because of the fight that happened, right? It's because of that fight. And this sport was built upon fights. 1979, the great fight between Donnie Allison and Kelly Arborough is – what shaped this sport? It is what boosted this sport into the heights that we've seen over the past 25 to 30 years. So that is what is going to be the game changer in creating new fans over everything. And I hate that in some ways because the race itself should warrant that attention because it was unbelievably competitive and entertaining and dramatic all at the same time. But everybody loves a fight, man. Everybody loves a fight. So I'm very thankful, and we should all, like, regardless of whose side you're on in this fight, we should all be very, very thankful for Ross Chastain and Noah Gragson to be in our sport because they these personalities have and will continue to shape the future of the sport from an entertainment aspect, creating new fans. It's These two guys are everything NASCAR needs inside the race car and outside the race car. And I'm just so thrilled that they are both in the Cup Series and helping shape our future. We love them. We love them to death. Uh, you know, and that, that's what I want everybody to to really take in here is like the it does like like Dale said, you couldn't have said it better. It doesn't matter whose side you're on. It's good for the sport. That's what counts. And and talking about it a little bit more, kind of going into this, uh, a little bit of the story. So for anybody that has, you know, just basically been born, you know, like yesterday, everyone knows what the fuck happened. Noah Gregson, Ross Chastain. Noah had a, uh, a post-race interview on MRN Radio where he said, you know, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about it multiple drivers in the garage i think like chase elliott was one of them where you know they they he's like they all talk about how he needs to get his ass beat and but nobody has the balls to do it and that's what i want people to recognize here is that in a moment where where we really were just all on the edge of our seat waiting to see okay chastain keeps putting himself in these situations who's it going to be Who's going to step up and take the first hit? Who's going to get up in his face first? Who's going to make this happen? It was Noah Gregson, and it was always Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson is, in my opinion, the modern-day Mr. Excitement. Like, Jimmy Spencer was Mr. Excitement. This is the modern-day, new-age Mr. Excitement, and that's what he is. That's what he's been. So there was never a doubt that this would be one of the guys that would do this. And a lot of people talk about how their situation wasn't even that pivotal um, in the race. And, and I, and I responded to that earlier today um, on Instagram live, I was talking with some people about it. And, and I said, I said, what you have to realize here is that with Noah, he's the kind of person that, wants to make sure that everything is clear. Everything is out the way. And when he is put in a situation, what it shows me is that when he's put in a situation, you know, he's like, somebody's got to lead. It's like lead, follow, or get out of the way. That's a saying, right? This man chose to lead, and he chose to be the one that said, all right, all the, the race thing aside or whatever, he can blame it on that, on the incident that they had on track. I think that he had just kind of like cornered him up a little bit. But it was all leading up to this one point. Like it didn't really matter how big of a deal it was. It was like a pimple that was about to pop. Noah was just the one that popped the pimple, and that's what happened. So it's just accumulation of all of this shit happening. Can easily yeah. figure a guy like that into going up and approaching a guy. So I'm glad he did have the balls to do it. And Ross was able to throw the hand. Ross did throw the hand. He got the connect. We all wish they could have fought, fought a little bit longer. I promise you. We all do. But the fact of the matter is, is that the confrontation happened. That's the most important thing here. We got the result out of it. And everyone's talking about NASCAR again. Yeah, I think Noah honestly did not expect him to throw the punch. I think Noah did not think he was going to swing. And we learned we learned real quick that Ross will swing. He definitely and he connected, landed a good punch. And yeah, Noah's not Noah is not afraid of anything, man. Like nothing. 
This kid is afraid of nothing. And I hate it for him regarding the race because it's been so frustrating for these. I mean, the, and, and knowing the news of Legacy Motor Club switching to Toyota, we know it's going to be just an abysmal year for these guys. They got a year of basically getting probably less Chevy support than they uh, than they've gotten in years past because Chevy's like, well, you're leaving us. So fuck you. So their cars are just not good, man. That I think that is 100% accurate that their race cars are just not good right now. And they're probably not going to get much better because of the access that Chevy is essentially revoking from them. But it's really frustrating because Noah was having consist consistently his best run of the year, running top 15, hovering around the top 10, and Chastain just similar to what Larson did to Bubba at Vegas, coming off the corner, just kind of used him up, didn't give him any space. You get up in that dirty air when somebody gets starts pushing up the track, and then you lose, you lose all grip, and you hit the wall. And then he blew a tire because of it, and it effectively ended his race, and he ended up like six or seven laps down. So I understand the frustration in Noah Gragson. You got to consider what they're dealing with in, internally with the program for the rest of 2023. And then you add in the fact that you just talked about he's not scared to go up and confront and say something. I did not think that was going to happen. I was stunned when the broadcast flipped over and it and they were going at it. Stunned. I I don't know, man, but I was all I was also stunned being up there with Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer were going at it when Gibbs was throwing all these punches. So it's just it's just at a boiling point. And I just I don't think Ross will change. My favorite part about all this, and you pointed this out, and, and some other people did too, like the screenshots of Ross smiling like mid scrum or whatever. Like this man, no matter what happens, no matter what you throw at him, continues to be unfazed by everything, dude. Everything, and not only like off the track with all the all the chatter on Twitter. All the confrontations he's had with Denny and Chase Elliott and and now Gregson and whoever else has been involved. I know it's a list at this point. But on the track, he's still consistently getting top fives. He is continuously, oh, Kyle Larson, literally a week ago. Forgot about that one. Got a top five last week, unfazed. Gets a top five this week, unfazed. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He post that he said... Finally, a drama-free. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I'm glad he can have a sense of humor about it. I'm glad. Hell yeah. You know, I, I think everybody's got to have some kind of good sense of humor about this because it does help the sport. Internally with the drivers, maybe a lot of guys grab some respect for Noah Gragson because this was, I don't think this is a Noah opinion, right? This wasn't a Noah opinion to go up and, and try to f- confront him and grab him. Yeah, I can't. This is a this is a consensus opinion amongst everybody in the garage. I think mm-hmm. it's just a matter of who will actually act and not talk about it. Yeah, I just I, I can't stand the people that that were just kind of like I don't know. I guess everybody's going to pick a side. There's some people that don't see past or beyond just that one aspect of it. But um, you know, with Ross, man, I, I think Noah and him both know what they did. And, and the thing about Ross that I really admire and love is the more that I watch him, especially how I saw him react, uh, you know, there were people talking about like, oh, Chastain was smiling because he had that per- he had that man holding him back. And this, I don't think that's why he was smiling. I really do think that, that Ross Chastain got some certified psycho in him. I really do. Like seeing that face, bro, like this dude grew up like farming watermelons like just out in the yard like you ever remember the south park man talking about the ups man all the time like he's got like he's got like that kind of vibe you know like you don't fuck with that guy yeah you know what i'm talking about the milkman um you know he's kind of got that like eerie farmer vibe to him but like at the same time he's he's a smart dude and he knows he's living rent free in so many people's heads and so I can't look at that picture of him just smiling like that, just being like DJ Khaled, another one. Like, just he just knows. Like, so, and he walks around with that, right? And he's kind of quiet. You know, they, they, a lot of people talk about, 
You know, a man of few words is a wise man. And that's kind of what Ross is. You don't really hear him come out, talk a lot. He's always real cool, calm, and collected. I'm just saying he's just adding to this resume. I talked to um, talk to our guys, John Roberts and uh, Chocolate Myers on XM this past week. And Chocolate Myers had a lot to say about Ross. You know, they were doing the, talking about the comparisons with him and, like, senior or whatever. And we all agreed that, like, more wins. Like, once he starts getting them wins on his belt, and if this attitude continues, like, I don't even think Ross has to, like, try to, like, act or push anything any harder than he's already doing. Like, he is him. Like, and I don't mean that in, like, the, the meme way. I mean that he is Ross. Like, Ross knows who Ross is. So this is just that that uh, that version of it, of what we're seeing right now. So, and, and yeah, NASCAR will get to around to the point to where I, they probably will make him a poster guy, but he's got to get a couple more wins uh on the docket i'd say that he's miss he's definitely mr consistency i mean consistently running top five running top 10 week in and week out competing for wins feel like he didn't have a car this week but he took advantage of i mean he's becoming a restart king man like this dude is so fucking good on restarts he maximizes right that's what ross chastain does and it's just unbelievable that he's able to maximize while constantly getting in these scraps on track like with the Noah Gregson thing of course but Kyle Bush I mean had a had a thing with Kyle Bush right there and I know Bush ended up wrecking himself and he made a bad move on a restart but kind of frustrated yeah frustrating with Kyle Bush and also Christopher Bell got into him and Bell wrecked himself out right like he got poisoned. I know, he got, like stung by a scorpion dog because like their days were done, dude. Yeah, you're everybody get hauled off, bro. dude. Everybody that hit Ross died, like, or their race cars died that day on Sunday. So that's what amazes. It's just, dude. I don't know. It just amazes me the ability of being unfazed, man. Like, it's crazy. And now he's becoming a staple in the media to get all these questions and. And he's starting to become a pro on how to handle the media. But like you said, man of very few words at the end of the day, right? So if you watch all his media stuff that he's been dealing with, particularly in the last two weeks, definitely few words, not elaborating too much and just being straight to the core and, and moving on, moving on. He'll be a factor to win at Darlington next week, right? So, man, it's just going to take – I don't know what it's going to take. It, it, on the flip side of what I said, all the good things, he's still rubbing people the wrong way, right? Like that was a, a racing incident that he triggered with Noah Gregson and ruined their day. So it's going to take something, man. I, I think here's what I think. It's going to take a run-in with Kevin Harvick or another one with Gregson, right? I, I, I wonder if it happens with Kevin Harvick, what Kevin Harvick does. Kevin Harvick's on his swan song season. He already is a psycho. Um, it's going to take Kevin Harvick to go there, go up to him and kick his ass to maybe spark any kind of change. And you know what else is like super ironic, Chase? Like last week on the pod, I made the comparison. Like we talk about the Dale Earnhardt comparisons. To me, like I get that and I actually agree with that in a lot of ways. I do. But I, I see more of Brad Keselowski when he came up into the sport and was ruffling everybody's feathers and was driving over his head. And then I think some change happened whenever he got fucked up by Jeff Gord's pit crew in fall of 2014 at Texas. I think there was a little bit of change, and that was the boiling p- point, not just with Brad Keselowski, but with also the boys have at it kind of era that was going on between 2011 or 2012 and 2014. And right now we're kind of back in that boys have at its stage and it's starting to hit that boiling point because the level of etiquette in the garage is consistently talked about amongst drivers at being at a very, very low point and a bad point for the sport and internally for the teams and drivers itself. We're going to hit that boiling point where there's going to be a, a fight like fall 2014 with Jeff Gordon and Brad Keselowski. And I think it's going to take Ross doing something critical to a veteran driver like Kevin Harvick. I'm honestly surprised Denny hasn't, Denny didn't throw any kind of hands last year, right? I'm honestly surprised it didn't boil over then. 
because Denny's been involved in some of these scrums. Um, Denny, I think that Denny just like Kevin, I mean, they're older now, dude, like things just are different for them. And I, they've even came out and been vocal about that. Like, I know that the last thing we saw with Harvick, him and Elliot kind of got into it, but like, there was no hands thrown. And, and I don't really know if it comes down to it, if like Kevin or Denny would do that, but you, you brought up a point and I wanted to kind of roll into this now, like where we're looking into the future with this happening, I feel like at this magnitude, I feel like if there's another thing that does go down on the track, some of these younger guys are involved with something with Ross. I, I do think we'll see another one. I think we're going to see another fight. Like I think, man, man, like I feel like there should be a mandatory fight every two months. Like that's it should at least, you know what I mean? Like at least like every two months, like let's get some scrap. Let's get some scraps going on. And because of this, you got to look down on the younger series too. I think we're going to be seeing uh, another fight in the Xfinity series this year now, just based off of this happening right here. It might bring up some tensions that some of those guys have with some other ones in the garage, the truck series as well. I think that now with, with where this whole Ross Chastain, Noah Gregson fight thing has gone, it's just kind of opened the door, right? Because now we've seen the action. Everybody knows kind of like what to expect, what's going to happen here. I think we'll see it again. I think this is going to continue because, you know, after we saw what we saw in the Xfinity series last year with Mayer and Gibbs, you didn't see that really cross into cup. But I feel like when it happens in cup, I feel like that's where the trickle down effect gets heavy. And so I think that we should be on pace to have a really good scrap year. And that's yeah. Excited yeah. About. And I think we're, we're, on, we're at a very comparable time to the boys have at it deal and you know i said the boiling point would be whether or not he wrecks or ruffles like a veteran guy or not like and then off track like we get a big fight like he did fall texas 2014 or it could be we could see a kenseth type Lagano kenseth logano type thing that happens in the playoffs that is 100 on the table and if that happens that would be worse for nascar than i think a big post-race scrum because then you're completely influencing the outcome of the championship like Kenseth did in 2015. And I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen, man. But I will say, like, as the enemy, the list of enemies continues to grow with Ross, big time, all-time smart guy move. After all this, going to victory lane and congratulating Denny Hamill. That was cool. At this point, Ross is probably like, man, I might need to go – you know, maybe reevaluate again, at least gain a few friends here and there because after the Gragson thing, like Gragson's a fan favorite, dude. So you're, you're, you're just adding more and more to the villain case. And I think it's at a point of, I think it is at a point of no return, but at least inside the garage, smart move to go say, Hey to Denny and congratulate him in victory lane. Very, very smart move to at least earn a little bit of respect from the guy that, basically was the catapult of all of this. Yeah. Saints conflict with Hamlin was the catapult of everything. And you go, you go try to make things continuously right with him. All time smart guy move big in the grand scheme of, of things. Life. Big circle of life. Lion King move right there. Like that's what I think about when I see that, like that, that clip where he's just dabbing him up. It's like, it's the circle of life. It moves us all. Um, so yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, Let's, well, we got we, we got to talk about the Chase Elliott thing though. You saw the Chase Elliott thing that happened. These other movers and 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 goers, comers and goers, whatever you want to say. Yeah, the Chase Elliott bet. I was big on that eleven to one earlier in the week. He finished P seven. Dude, he, no, I'm talking about the the. You're talking about what he said about uh oh like yeah they, they, I saw that video out today like where he just said somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. That was amazing. And I somebody tweeted about it and I told him, like, yeah, just go watch all of our YouTube interviews with Chase. Like you'll see that like there's he's got a little bit of like his own style of humor there. Like he's got, you know, that that dry humor kind of like Chase is a funny motherfucker. I think more people should uh should definitely explore to see that side of that man. Cause like that he's just not really put out there to the public like that. And I think that that adds to my ammunition of saying like Noah Gragson going up and, and doing this is not a Noah Gragson opinion. This is a driver in the garage opinion. This is what everybody's thinking. It's just a matter of who actually does it, you know? 
Denny so. Hamlin had a great meme for it where it was like Hasbula and some of the other guys, and it was like one of the bigger guys was the number nine, and like Hasbula was Gregson. He's like, bro, hey, I I saw that, but Hasbula got fucking arrested today, man, or this weekend. Hey, dude, right? How do you arrest Hasbula, dude? How do you arrest him, dude? Like he like he, where what what did he do? Uh, it said like traffic, like some kind of traffic violation, or so, I, I don't know what it was. It could be oh, better, dude. like break down the brick walls and break him out of prison, bro. Like wherever. How the he, fuck do you put handcuffs on him, dude? Yeah, just I I couldn't imagine. Like I feel like that's just like I feel like that's uh that that's breaking the law in itself, arresting Hezbollah for anything. I mean, Hezbollah could be coming down the the mountain with an AK out the window. You just smile and wave, dude. It's Hezbollah. Yeah. and he probably still and he probably kills you too and you're like yeah. you're not that mad about it because like he damn was, yeah i he, got killed by hezbollah like that's kind of cool like as you're bleeding out like you know above your dead body and like but then you see him turn around and he comes back he like lays a flower on you then he gets back in the truck back to like shooting ak's like that's hezbollah and then you're like damn dude that was actually really cool like no regrets <laughs> no regrets yeah but I did see the meme. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think it just adds fuel to the fire. And like, this is something that every single driver in the garage is thinking, except Daniel Suarez. And uh, it's just a matter of who actually is going to go do it. So that's the real question. What was he thinking about? He's thinking who, about. Oh, Danny Suarez. Well, you know, I, I wonder what happened. Some of this kind of been swept under the rug was Circuit of the Americas when Ross had the issue. I'm sorry, Bowman had the issue with Suarez, and Bowman was like, dude, you got to go talk to your teammate. He's the reason why we got wrecked right there. Your own fucking teammate wrecked you. And I know Suarez saw the tape and was like, yeah, he sure did. So I do wonder what what Mr. Suarez, how, how he kind of feels about all this. You know, he's never, if he feels a different way, if he feels a way negatively towards Ross, we're never going to know about it until he leaves track house. Yeah. You know, because like he's got to be a team player. Justin Marks, like if if Daniel Suarez and Ro- and Rosh Chastain ever got in a fight, like I feel like Justin Marks would like come in not to break it up, but like to throw punches to both of them, just being upset. And then like that's when you would really know that like oh these motherfuckers are crazy, like there's no hope. Like and then it's definitely hockey fight rules. Let the bodies like disturb starts doing pre race concerts. Like it it would be on. At that I think. Point. You know, on this topic of fighting, I, I think a lot of people would not mess with Suarez because you go back to uh, 2019 or 2020, he picked up a he picked up Michael McDowell and just fucking slammed him on the ground. Michael McDowell is not a small dude. So, I mean, now we have in the past couple of years, we've learned that both track house guys can scrap. Right. Yeah. I want everyone to go look up Michael McDowell versus Daniel Suarez. If you don't know, I think it was at. Can it, it may have been at Kansas actually in a practice session? Suarez approached McDowell, he pushed him, they start scrapping, and, and Daniel picked that motherfucker up and threw him on the ground. Dude, and bro, McDowell he, had his helmet on, he broke him like a communion cracker, dude. Like, I'm sh- about to go look, but sh- I will say I, I, another thing I want to say, uh, probably the biggest topic, not amongst NASCAR fans only, but of everybody who's had a who's seen this like casuals and people seeing the NASCAR world for the first time. Like the big topic of debate is the security guard who did not let Noah Gragson throw a punch there. Does. So I, yeah, I want to get your thoughts. Should he have let Noah throw something? Do you believe in the whole hockey rule should apply to NASCAR? What is your thought on that whole deal uh, regarding the punch that Noah didn't get to throw? Yeah, like it sucks. Like I said earlier uh, on on here, you know, you you want to see them both be able to connect and 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 have a moment to really just you know to, just dust their boots off, dude. Um, but that's a cold blooded motherfucker. Like that dude, like he's a really like he's kind of he's a nice guy. Like we ran into him on pit road before, but like I don't really know. Dude, he, I just he always him. scares me. Yeah, he's he like, always scares me. Yeah, he definitely has that vibe to him. I, I remember, I think the analogy I made on playback was uh, he's like Mr. Freeze. Like, he's cold-blooded, you know? Like, he's that dude. Like, he's the guy that, you know, you wouldn't want to see at 2 a.m. in the alleyway. 
Um, but I, I do feel like in that moment, like when you just like your job is probably like, Hey, if you see a fight, prevent a fight. And maybe he just didn't realize what was happening until he saw like a little huddle or some like fast motion going on. And then maybe he didn't even realize Ross connected. Maybe he was just like, Oh shit, this is my job. So like, yeah, I mean, think about your job listeners. Think about what you do at work. Like, I mean, you have a task, right? Like sometimes just muscle memory and you see something you're like, uh, and you're just doing it, you know, multitasking. Like maybe that dude was just doing his job. Like it sucked, you know, it sucks because we want to see him duke it out. But at the same time, like he was just trying to react as quick as he could. So, you know, uh, you know, you can hate on anybody you want to hate on. All I'm asking is, um, you know, be careful hating on him. Cause if you see that man on pit road, you know, he might be listening. He might look at you. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be caught in a situation like that. I wouldn't want to get get in a tango with him because he's in the alley. He ain't worried about holding anything back. He's coming full force. That man has definitely walked up to us before. And when we've been doing like videos in front of the cars and be like, hey, man, just, you know, step back. below that line, man? Step, you know, make His sure finger you're not is the line. weight of, an ha- of a hand and every every single answer. There's only one answer he gets. And it's yes, sir. Like, that's the only answer I've given to, the, to him. But, Man. no, yeah, I think, like, in the moment when it all happened, I definitely tweeted and I commented under NASCAR's tweet of one of the videos, and I said, like, got to let both of them throw. And Noah Gragson actually liked the tweet. Uh, but in hindsight, when I think about it, yeah, he's got to do his job. And there, I don't think there's really much thinking in that moment. Like, if he's standing right there, it's his job to get in between it, regardless of what happens. So I think, you know, the NASCAR is not going up to him and saying, hey, if there's a fight, make sure they both get to throw a punch and then you get in there, right? So as much as I would like for that to be the case, I did see someone that replied to me and said, Noah did have his chance to throw a punch. Instead, he went with the grab and he had time after he grabbed him to punch him. He just grabbed him and then he kind of shook him again while he was talking to him. So I do think in a way, like, that's not a bad opinion, a, a bad view of it. But I think as fans, like. Do you do you think that that hockey rules should be should be put into this sport? I don't know how you. I mean, yeah, you could like NASCAR could say what I just said, like, which I don't think will happen is to security. Like, hey, if one guy throws a punch, like let the other guy throw a punch. I don't think that is possible. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's I'm possible. Against, I'm against it completely. I've, I don't yeah. There should be any hockey rules and fighting. The moment that you add rules to something emotionally genuine that is just happening in real time, it becomes gimmicky. Well, you know, also in in other sports, in their moments, like hockey is a prime example here. They are they have gear on, right? They have pads on. They have a, their helmet on. Um, they're not really. I feel like they're not really in a lot of danger in those fights, but in it, in a NASCAR race or at the conclusion of a NASCAR race, like helmets are off. You've got a fire suit on. I mean, all it could take is if you let these guys go at it just for a second, too long, one guy gets punched. Let's say he gets knocked out and he hits the back of his head on the ground. He could die straight up. Like, and I know some people will be like, well, it's, they asked for it. Like, this is their decision to fight. Yeah, that's racing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, I think you do have to look at it as a sense of, in the sense of protecting your athletes and not letting that escalate. And you have another difference from hockey rules, quote unquote. You have pit reporters. You have pit crew members. You have innocent bystanders that are right next to the action. And you never know if one thing goes the wrong way. You start hurting people. You start hurting people in the media. You run into them who are trying to do their jobs by being close to the action. And then they get hurt. And then it causes another, you know, another can of worms. I think you sign a waiver. I think we sign a waiver saying, like, if you get hurt, like, you can't sue or some shit. But regardless, it could be dangerous. Like, the the fight in 2014, as iconic and as amazing as it was with Brad Kay and Jeff Gordon, you had a lot of big motherfuckers in the middle of that fight. And Jamie Little and Bob Pockris and a lot of these innocent people are in the middle of that scrum, just probably getting slammed into repeatedly. So not only do you have to think about like what happens if with the drivers, 
if you let it go on too long. But you also have to think about everybody that's just trying to work in that space from being there as well. And yeah, I get it. Like I, w- I would love to see what Noah Gregson's punch would have done. I would absolutely. But I think in hindsight, when we back up and we get out of just the heat of the moment, you have to realize that in our sport, I think it's more on the unrealistic side for NASCAR to impose hockey style rules, regardless if you want it or not. I think you got to realize it's fucking unrealistic. What needs to happen next time if you want to see multiple punches thrown is they got to they got to meet up a little bit quicker before all the security gets lined up to be there waiting on site. You know what I mean? Both like it, it just it's just not natural. There's nothing natural about like a, like planning how to do something like that. Like I I think back to like for me I think the most ideal thing, right, is like if you know you want to like like hit somebody like if you kind of feel like that like you're there in that moment like wait till like they're kind of like walking away from the car going back to a hall or something and then just like try to like sneak up on them in the alley of the hauler you know what i mean like and, and maybe there'll be a camera around that's what that's what matt kenseth exactly what matt kenseth did to brad keselowski that i want you to go fight, that fight that. is the one that i'm talking about like for me that fight right there like it, it, it had such WWE style shit to it, man. Because it, it looked fake, right? Like there's a yeah. camera following Brad K in this alley, and Kenseth just runs out of nowhere. Like I it, promise you, it's not fake, but it looked fake no, because, like, but like yeah. that was a vibe, dude. Like you know, yeah. we're, we're so used to seeing the fights in NASCAR, like on pit road. So like seeing it like in that situation is like really dope. Also like fights that go down like when two guys wreck each other and they're down like in the grass and they both get out the car like with Bubba and Bubba, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that was cool. Um, you know, you know like- Kevin Harvick, I-, I think about I think about Darlington 2011 when Harvick stopped on pit road way way away from where all the teams and the officials are going to be. Like way uh, at the entrance of the pit area, stopped in front of Kyle Busch and tried to trap him in there. And uh, he got out of the car and tried to hit him, and then Kyle Busch drove away. But, you know, that's another situation where it's like, hey, we're we're away from the officials. We're away from security. We're away from our pit crews. This is how we settle this, right? Yeah, you don't so I don't know. Or sell it with your hands. Yeah, I – um, yeah, man, it is it's it is so compelling for the sport, all in all. Like, regardless of what you think, how you feel – it's like an uncovered element of it. Like it's like, because you're so used to seeing the on track product and that kind of stuff. So like when you get that, it's like, you got this whole different side of like your sport, like you, that you don't get to see often. And it's like, Oh yeah, this exists. Cause like with hockey, it happens so much that it's just like, it's kind of gimmicky in a way. It's just, you don't see a bunch of hockey fights unless it was just like insanely crazy on sports center because they happen so often. So with NASCAR, it's it's like it's just kind of like this weird forgotten element. Like you discovered like a really rare gem or something while you were mining. You know, it's kind of got that aspect to it for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, it's it's always unless somebody gets hurt, which is a slippery slope or kind of went over. Like it's always really it's always great for the sport. Always great for the sport. And once again, it is what essentially built NASCAR was finishes that we saw at Kansas. And then the aftermath of what we saw at Kansas, it just like set Daytona 500 in 1979, baby. That is the kind of shit that we need, especially in a time like this where Formula One has done so well attracting a new fan base with every single element except the actual racing itself, right? Yeah. NASCAR usually, NASCAR attracts fans based on the excitement of their racing. So to add, an extra marketing element, an extra advertising element that is in the heat of battle, like right after the race, like that's awesome. That is what we need more of, or those kind of moments to you. I mean, essentially it's going to be an advertisement forever for the rest of the year now, right? It's going to create buzz on every single platform you can imagine. Like NASCAR needs moments like that to entice more fans. And it, it could not have happened on a better day going head to head against the Miami Grand Prix. So it's it's awesome. It's Let's fucking have awesome. Let's do it F1. Now we'll, now we'll just have to see if George Russell fights Max Verstappen. We'll just have to see if it happens, you know. I'm sure that I'm sure F1 fans would hope 
he was getting booed a lot. I'm sure a lot of F1 fans would hope that somebody fights Max for whatever reason. I think Max would kill someone like live on TV. Like I think he, Max has those crazy eyes, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, Ross definitely, Ross definitely does. So, like, you know, Ross versus Max Verstappen. That's what we need to see. Give me Ross, 100%. I'd take Ross. I think Max has those crazy eyes, like, but Ross, now that we know he can. Prison rules, who would you take? Ross. I feel like that makes it even, I feel like that gives even more of an edge to Ross Chastain. I don't know. Like, I feel like Ross would come, like, in with a rake. You know, know, we've. And then, like, you would see Max come in with, like, like like a Dutch shank. And that, that could be tough. Could be a tough time. I don't know, man. You give Ross Chastain a fork. I don't know what he could do with that thing, man. Like that, it, it might make him even just remarkably terrifying. You give Ross Chastain a fork, he'll Milk. carve it up into something crazy. Milk, man. There he is. Well, you know, Denny, the, the Denny Hamlin thing, like the bracket or whatever. Like, you know what we what would be fun and what we should do now? That that just sparked it. We should do like a, a hypothetical bracket of fights. Yeah. Like match up everybody. Like who would win in this fight? Who would win in this fight? I'm down yeah. for that. I a feel tournament. like that's a garage guys, like a garage guys bracket right there. Yeah, like a um, UFC back a few years ago did like a actually a real life like bracket of of fighters at, at a few of their events. Yeah. We should I, obviously that's never going to happen in real life, but it'd be fun to to uh, to hype to hypothetically predict who would win all these fights and who would make it to the finals. I kind of have an idea. Maybe we can, you know, like create this bracket or whatever. And then we could get a, uh, like WWE video game and we could just make all the characters of drivers. And then we'll just like, Oh, simulate it. Yeah. That's a great fucking idea. Do they have, what are their, what is the customization like in the in the new WWE games? Can you like do a, a really good scan of all these drivers' faces and like add like a fucking a, a, an outfit that looked like a fire suit? Like I feel like I feel like with in today's time, like the customization could should definitely exist, especially with PS5s and Xbox Millenniums or whatever the fuck they're called. Um you nah, know. fuck the WWE, dude. Let's get like fucking fight night, like fight night champion. Or like, just one of those video games to simulate a boxing match. Oh, like a boxing match? Yeah, yeah, not like a Royal Rumble, because all that shit's fake. Why don't we do it for real? Like, put them in the ring on a UFC game or a boxing game and see who comes out on top. Yeah, I would definitely want to do, you know, like, a. I think a, a traditional boxing game for sure. I think that that, because, like, you, they don't get a lot of exposure anyway. So, like, we'd be helping them out, too. What's so, the newest fight night game? I don't know. I think that that's that's a great plan, though. So that's what we should do. So yeah, let us know if uh, if you will be submitting one of these brackets. If we do it, tweet at us. You know where to find us at Garage Guys FS, at Garage Guy Chase, at Dale Tanhart. This I think this is going into production. Like I've already wrote it down on a piece of paper. So good. I like it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, this is really happening. So before we do go, that we got something exciting to look forward to now, Garage Fam. Before we do go, uh, looking over Goodyear 400 odds, uh, the outrights have dropped. Denny Hamlin is uh, the favorite at plus 550 over on Barstool. We have him at plus 500 on Caesars. Uh, Looking at some of these other guys, I I feel like, you know, it's just it's tighter and tighter each week, and especially after last week, losing my ass. You know, I really kind of want to just chill out now. You know, William Byron – could be somebody that that I, I want to look to ten to one on Barstool. Uh, he definitely had it uh, a good run going last year. Chastain twelve to one on Barstool. You know if we think he's going to win, I don't think Joey does it again here. Um, there, there's some other guys, but yeah, I I don't know. Other than that, I'm I'm probably not going to go uh, too cray out here on these streets this week. I don't think I'm going to do an outright till later in the week. I like. I like all the guys he said. Like, I had three guys on my radar, and I'm not telling you guys I'm going to bet these yet. If you follow us on Action Network, you will see when I bet them. But I like Ross, man. I I think Ross, all these storylines, man, like... Narrative. He he needs to win. He needs to win a race, dude. 
And he's in the Dale, he's in that Dale Jarrett throwback paint scheme, which looks amazing. He's got UPS on the car. I think um nine to one, ten to one is whatever, but Barstool has Ross at 12 to 1. I think it's a good price. And then William Byron, redemption story, right? Like was really good here in the spring last year, was also good here in the fall. Um, but I think Willie B, just based on how his season's gone, he's been good everywhere. And I pointed this out multiple times, whether it's been in the Discord or on playback. Well, William Byron and his team did at Kansas last last weekend or this past weekend. Shades of the kind of shit that Jimmy Johnson would do when he was dominant and winning all those championships. Something would happen. They'd have a problem early in the race. They'd go a lap down, two laps down, and they would somehow find a way to come back and secure a top five run, battle for the win. That's the kind of shit that Jimmy Johnson would do. And that is the first thing that reminded me of when I saw William Byron back up into the mix after all the problems he had, hitting the wall, repeated pit stops, losing laps. That is a championship caliber team right there. And a lot of guys who go on to win the championship win at fucking Darlington. It just, that's how it is. This is a champion racetrack. So I like William Byron at 10 to one. I do. I like Kyle Busch at 12 to one. This has always been a great track for him. He was really good here last year in both races. And obviously in the fall race, Toyota exploded in the final 40 laps. So I think Kyle Busch is a good play as well. Other than that, I think we have to assume, or I think it's not a bad assumption to think that Toyota collectively is going to be really fucking good again because they came here and were lightning in the fall race. They came to Kansas last year, lightning. They backed it up this year being having the best three or four cars. Three of the top five best cars, I would say, all day. So I think there could definitely be some repeated speed coming to Darlington for the Toyota camp once again. But I think me and you are kind of in the same boat on holding off just a little bit. Let's hold off just a little bit. Let's see what everybody does on track. Yeah, also because I'm broke. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Big broke boy, Kansas. I'm sure I'll be convinced into adding and betting on a couple guys before we get there. But um, I will say this weekend's... This weekend's going to be a lot of fun. We got trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. We will be there. Uh, please, guys, do not forget. Chase, I, I are there links to our plugs in the podcast, like on Spotify and Apple and shit? Yeah, com. That's all you need to know. DailyDownforce.com is where you need to go. Okay? That was a rhyme. Call me Dr. Seuss, motherfuckers. Um. But yeah, go get a Garage Guys hat. Get some Garage Guys uh, merch right now on dailydownforce.com. Also, the diecast, the number 78, Daily Downforce NASCAR Cup Series. We are on a cup car this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Our faces are on BJ McLeod's bumper. On the ass. Yes. there, There could not be a more appropriate spot for us to be on a race car. Then the fucking ass of the car. The paint scheme looks great. Out of the groove. Daily downforce. A lot of great content creators on that car. With Darian, the Iceberg, Scene Vault, all those guys. It looks amazing. It's a great paint scheme. Cannot wait to get to Darlington and see it in person. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, And yeah, if you want to support Garage Guys and you want to support Daily Downforce, go buy a diecast, man. Go buy a diecast. It's going to look amazing. Our faces and the GG logo up on your mantle, above your fireplace. There couldn't be a better spot for us. Bring us into your home. That's how you do it. Put it in reverse on the mantle. Put it in reverse on the mantle. That's how you do it. Just put it in reverse on the mantle. But that link is in the bio, is in the podcast stuff, right? They can just click it right there. That's correct. Go go down and click those links. If you've never seen those links before, click them all. Um. It, it it will be a good time for you, and it will also give you something to do. Uh, also, um, we, we we're going to be doing some cool stuff this weekend. I think we have almost. We'll see. It's in the works for, to doing something in the fan zone on Saturday. Be sure to be following us on Twitter, and we'll announce that if when it does happen. Sunday we do have a meetup, twelve thirty in the fan zone area. All the content creators that are on the car are going to be in the fan zone meeting up with you guys. So 
there's been a lot of people in the Discord asking and, and want to do a Garage Guys meetup at a track that a, a lot of the community is going to. This is a good chance to start that. We will be having a meetup 1230 before the race on Sunday at Darlington in the fan zone. And I hope to see a lot of you guys there. So a lot of exciting stuff this weekend. I'm so fucking excited to get there. That's it. Please, uh, I don't ask this often, but before you exit this podcast today, if you're on Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, and we definitely want you to review. Just put the word um, on the ass, you know, or on the A dollar sign, dollar sign, if you want to, you know, be cool in this world we live in today. Um, Five just, stars only. Five stars or don't even, don't even, don't even look at it. Five stars or don't do it. That's it. It's like you're not doing it because you actually are, are like, you know, doing your due diligence, leaving a review. You're just doing it because we asked you. So thanks. If you, and, and if you hate us, if you hate us, just do five stars because you feel bad for us. Just pity us. We'll, we'll take that too. Yeah. And then we're broke. And then, yeah. Yeah. Kansas. Uh, it was a tough time. Uh, write uh, in the comment. If you, if you do hate us, just be like, I hate you. Here's five stars. Just write that. Just let it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It really does. This is, oh, I will, you know, we, we forgot to talk about it. I, I just have to point out the truck race. We had a monster night. In finger. Yeah. Yeah. I had them top three. Big bet. But there are a lot of people in the Discord that had some crazy money slips at 66 to 1, 40 to 1. Congrats if you're in the Discord. But Truck Night America actually prevented me from being as broke as you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was much needed. Trucks have been bad, but trucks are racing at Darlington this weekend. Stacked field. Corey LaJoy is in the truck race and that's seven truck. Uh so it's going to, it's, yeah, Truck Nine America's back. We are back. And, uh, yeah, I just had to bring that up. Shout out to Grand and Finger for that dub. And, and shout out to Corey Heim and Zane Smith, who helped make us a little bit of cash before we got to Sunday. But I'll, I'll close it as I cannot wait for Truck Nine America on Friday and cannot wait just to be at Darlington for the Goodyear 400 weekend. It's going to be an absolute blast. Yes, couldn't agree more, and and I think we have a better chance. I'm going to win this weekend because I lost here last year. So that's good karma in the universe right there. It's redemption time for me. I agree. I think I'm going to sweep this weekend. Mm -hmm. I think I, I'm due for a sweep, all three series. I'm I'll so get, due. I want to get some brooms. I'm down. Let's we'll do it. Trucks. We'll do Nasfinity, and we'll chase the cup, baby. This has been the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. We will see you again next week. And we'll see you this weekend if you're going to Darlington. Much love. Be great. NAS fights are back.